And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and and anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, and there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard, and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I am encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our Boochcast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Boochcast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself 
am not willing to donate to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life. And if you would like to meet the shooter, Ronnie Gossett, in person, you can catch him Sunday, May 23rd from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. as Universal Championship Wrestling presents the NWO Reunion and Road Stories. This will be taking place at Whiskey's, located at 3069 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 3069 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. The event will be hosted by the shooter Ronnie Gossett and myself, Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch. And joining us for the NWO reunion will be two of the biggest names in the history of the New World Order, Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner and Buff the Stuff Bagwell. They will be there telling road stories and answering questions from myself, Ronnie Gossett, as well as the audience where there will be a live Q&A session where you guys can ask them any questions that you want. We will answer all your questions. No punches will be pulled and of course there will be a special meet and greet before the event where you guys can meet all of us and you can get autographs pictures cop some merch all this great stuff is going down sunday may 23rd at whiskey's Tickets are $20, and you can purchase them either at Whiskey's. You can go physically to the bar to pick them up. You can get them on eventbrite.com. Just type in UCW NWO Reunion and Road Stories. Or you can purchase them at the official website, www.ucwtv.com. So get your tickets now before they sell out for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to hear some NWO Reunion and Road Stories.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, once again, I am here for an AEW recap. God help me, I'm here. I know I want to be gone, but I had to come back. Like, I can't do it, but I must. I must, as what? we've had so much craziness go down behind the scenes of the Boochcast that I had to step in and be part of the AEW recap. So, as I walk through the entryway that is out of bounds, I return to take care of Blood and Guts. And of course, joining me here on the Boochcast, he is one of the AEW correspondents. Ladies and gentlemen, great friend of mine, great mind for wrestling. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the one, the only, Mr. Elvis Delinsky. All right, round of applause for Mr. LBD, the OG of AEW. And ladies and gentlemen, we are ready for blood and guts. Are you ready? There was bloods, there was blood, there was guts. And this show was fantastic. Vinny, why do you keep saying, oh my God, I have to do AEW? Do you not like AEW? Well, it's like I've always said when it comes to AEW. Um, there's a lot of times where I ha I find myself digging through crap to find a treasure. Every now and then, like, there's a moment on AEW where I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And then the next time we'll come up and I'll go, what the fuck? Like, it, there's so many things that, th the amount of shit that bothers me outnumbers the shit that I enjoy. And I'm hoping one day the ratio will flip like it did in the beginning but for now that is what I am seeing so that's why it's that's part of the reason why in addition to a lot of other things when I was handing this off to you and Desmond I was like okay I don't I can now go through the highlights, find the shit I like. I don't have to subject myself to everything. But due to some unforeseen circumstances again, Desmond not able to be part of this recap. So I had to step in. I had to watch the show. I had to step in and be the analyst that I am. And for the fans, I do it for the fans. Elvis, you know that about me. I will. There's a lot of things when it comes to the Boochcast that I like to do and not do. But I all, all of it's. I do for the fans. So for the Boochcast Nation, who likes to hear me talk about things like this, who like my thoughts on the world of wrestling, I have decided to come here and be your backup. I'm glad you did because this started off pretty awesome. First and foremost, Don Callis comes out with Michael Nakazawa. Everybody knows when Michael Nakazawa is on a show, he brings in the ratings. That's why we drew over a million ratings. Right from the top of the show, Michael Nakazawa came out with Don Callis. And what happens? Boom, over a million already. Nakazawa is a true draw in this company, ladies and gentlemen. He came out with Don Callis, the greatest manager, the greatest person in all of AEW, in all of professional wrestling. Thank goodness we have all praise Don Callis. Um, the show starts off. We get to see uh the two rings and um two rings on the show which is pretty awesome pretty much like, it's kind of like a war games type thing without the cage um they come out there and um don Callis comes out there and uh, everybody's putting over how great nakazawa is and you see uh eddie kingston come out with uh john moxley they are sitting there and um you know uh they come inside and they get blindsided by kenny omega and they just i started putting the you know so whooping the crap out of john moxley and eddie kingston pretty much the whole match um it was kind of funny because michael nakazawa was wearing like his khakis and black AEW shirts so he's not really dressed up in 
ring gear. He was dressed up like an assistant for like Don Callis, or actually, I think he's uh, Kenny Omega's um, assistant, pretty much, whatever, which is pretty awesome. Yes, yes. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, I believe this is the part of the show where Elvis says a bunch says a bunch of things he knows isn't true just to make me angry because there's no way you can believe 90% of the things you just said to me right now. I believe it wholeheartedly. I believe Michael Nakazawa came from a lineage of great Japanese wrestlers and uh, you know he's he's the ratings really? draw obviously because in the very first segment over a million. Na- Nakazawa is, is without a shadow of a doubt the worst Japanese wrestler slash personality I have ever seen. He you just don't he get makes it. Sonny Bo- he makes Sonny he makes Sonny Ono look like Antonio Anoki. It is the saddest shit I've ever seen. Not no actually no something happens later that is the saddest shit I've ever seen. But Nakazawa is clearly a joke. And obviously, you know, you have we have uh we have we have Don Callis trying to be the heel manager and not trying to be he is yes. all praise Don Callis. Yeah. Yes, but he, he he doesn't. Here's the thing about him: he doesn't even have to try. He is such a nat. He, he has a natural douche demeanor to him, so it's it's it works so well. Like this is a guy that, in my opinion, can never be a babyface. He's because certain people just aren't likable, and he maybe if I met him outside the ring, he might be likable. But as a persona, everything about him just screams douche. So it well, that's works the persona perfectly they're giving for off, him. and that's the, and then, well, the thing is like it's working for him. It's it's working for him so well. It's working for the whole team what Don Callis has done to the reformation of I would call the elite I mean the elite when they first came on TV I mean obviously we you know I'm in love with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and you know Marty Skrull still regardless you know um, whatever may come from that but you have to keep in mind um, what Don Callis has has reinvigorated uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and everybody that you know even the um, you're, we're, starting, starting, we're starting to see something on, I saw Impact and Impact um, they're actually getting Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson to get in gear and and, you know, make the shift them and say, you guys have been losing on impact. You guys, you guys lost your tag team titles for the past couple of weeks. You guys have been losing on TV. It's time for you guys to get your butt in gear. And Kenny Omega is wholeheartedly saying, let me coach them. Let me get them there. And Kenny Omega is doing that. And Kenny Omega, oh, by the way, I'm going to bring up again. Um, they had that pay-per-view, uh, what, a week or two ago? And when he won the impact title, they drew six times amounts. Like, they had six times more of a profit from that pay-per-view with Kenny Omega than they have had in quite some time, which is pretty impressive impressive for impact because you don't watch impact no one really talks about impact i'm talking about it Kenny omega has brought right. so many eyes to that product and it's fantastic and i mean i know you think he's just a douchebag whatever and you and i you and i are going to be like all in the water when it comes to it because exactly you always like the, and, you, and the thing is like you always like the face i, I like the heels and there's nothing wrong with that wait 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 stop i'm sorry i gotta cut you off this is not don't this is not a a i like the faces you like the heels kind of thing it's a you know good and hell well there's heels in the business that i like i just i not a fan of these guys. Let's, let's just clarify that. This is not a I'm always going to like the face, I'm always going to like the heels. There's plenty of baby faces I find incredibly annoying and there's plenty of heels that I enjoy. I just am not, I think that Kenny Omega is wildly overrated to me. That's, you You are on the Omega bandwagon. I never jumped on, never wanted to jump on. So that's Yeah, that Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid is so good. It's so good, brother. I can sit there and drink <laughs> that Kool-Aid all day, dude. It's so good. But the end matches, uh, the end matches with, um or the match ended with, um 
uh, Kenny on the out ropes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the greatest Japanese superstar wrestlers, uh, uh, Michael Nakazawa, was pinned by Eddie Kingston and John Moxley with the half, half Nelson um, um, slam heart attack. Uh, but also, the after the post match, the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers show up and they kind of work over Mox and Kingston, which is pretty nice. Uh, Mr. Uh, Kenny Omega did hit the one wing angel. Uh, he mocked and covered Eddie for three just to add insult to injury. So uh, I like the angle. These This is the angle we needed to see from these two because we can both agree the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega when they first came on it was kind of bland they were tweeners um trying to do face things but kind of like you couldn't really tell where their line what their lineman was now it's clear and present what their lineman is and Kenny Omega mwah, chef's kiss fantastic um yeah the and of course the Bucks come out which I oh my god what what was the point of Matt Jackson getting a super kick barefooted um I don't know man they that got this whole this, new gimmick that was dumb as fuck no no I just think don't don't think you like him so you're gonna sit there make any excuse not to like him and that's fine um but i think like the whole like the new um wardrobe the new kicks the new gear the new attitude it kind of works for them they look like um i don't know uh five friends who have kids and they all have like um kids in different states all meet up and go to vegas and all dress up all crazy and lavish that's the only way i can really <laughs> describe it but um it's like hey who could, who, who could out douche each other and matt's like i got this and kenny's like no i got this and the good brother's like well i'm wearing a fedora so <laughs> you know it's like they're all trying to out douche each other which is pretty awesome i, I i'm liking it i like the direction it's going um it's not your stereotypical kind of thing whatever they're all wearing different outfits different attitudes i'm loving it it's super fun i love it yeah um, i love it if moxley and kingston walk out of this with the tag team titles that's really what i'm hoping this goes toward because otherwise well, this well, is goddamn ridiculous well i think you're just biased and you know we love you for it Vinny. have your opinion stick to it stick to your guns but uh, as of for me i'm wrestling entertained i'm loving what this team is doing and um i love the fact that they started the show instead of getting on a mic and do all these crazy things um they're starting off with the I mean, it seems like every week on impact on, on impact but uh, AEW, it's a solid banger each time it starts which i freaking love it's fantastic um it was a good match i liked it mox and kingston their chemistry on you know on the screen is fantastic um you know michael Nagazawa being the greatest japanese wrestler who's ever lived doing the best work here in AEW, and uh, of course don Callis and kenny omega i mean come on man what, what better way to start the night but all right, all right, all right. Let's all right. Okay, Elvis, let's 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 get off their junk and move on to the next match. Uh, before we do I though, <laughs> before we do though, uh, they do announce for double or nothing. Um, we have Hikaru Shida is going to defend the women's title against Britt Baker. Um, I am I have no problem with this. I, I don't. No, see I'm, I'm 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 for this match. I'm, I'm so on board with it. Um, I think Britt Baker. You and I have talked about her at great lengths. Yes, in the past. And, uh, you know, it's super great that the fact that she's improved so much before our eyes. Because, man, when we dogged her, we dogged the hell out of her. We you know, did. Like we, we called it like, like we, we saw really it. We, we called like we saw it. And, you know, we, we, know, we were trying to sit there and go back and forth. But Britt Baker has been nothing but exceptional yes. the past couple months. But I'm not sure what, what switch she flipped. But when she did, she went full blast. And I'm so glad that she's getting the opportunity. I hope that, you know, I do hope she takes the title away from Sheeta. I know, shocker, you never thought you'd hear me say it. But I'm super excited about this happening and um, I'm looking forward to the yeah. pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, because I, I believe it was last year at Double or Nothing when she won the title. 
Cheetah. So I think she's. I I think it's time. I feel like I think it's kind of a Cheetah, full circle. Cheetah's been greatest champion. I have I have nothing. I have nothing bad to say about her title run. But I feel like now is the time to to drop it. Cheetah's done everything she can as champion. There's nothing left for her to do. There's no more mountain left for her to climb. Uh, it's over. It's time for a new champ. And I think Britt Baker's perfect. And yeah, I hear you, man. But uh, let's let's move on to upper newer things. We got Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. And again, in this match. I just love the fact they're using the both like both rings, man. It's so awesome. And I would just have to say in this match, it wouldn't be a big... I mean, I know this is free TV, but obviously they're promoting the blood and guts. You couldn't have a blood and guts without having blood. And Cody Rhodes, I swear, he blades himself just to get out of taking the trash out. <laughs> He's like, Brandy, <laughs> I cut myself. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember when everybody did that. Every time they wanted to get out of doing something, they would just blade. It was, like, fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's like it's like brainy i can't take the treasure why not i'm, I'm cut I'm, i can't do it i'm losing too much blood nah this is cool man uh qt marshall comes out and like dude i'm how many times have we called qt marshall the most blandest wrestler in AEW? i mean he was so vanilla he was so not over yeah. the top he was nothing you know he was like an afterthought and now i you know with every week that goes by maybe i'm hyping up too much maybe i see something that it's not supposed to be there but in my mind qt marshall has been looking so much better than what was given to him for the first year. I think now after the first year of AEW or the time it's been passed, um, it seems like all these people we've been seeing week after week are finally getting their due. And I think what that's what they did. They focused on the first part on the main characters. Um, Cody, Kenny, the Young Bucks. Um, you know, so they focused on them first, trying to get whatever they can. So I guess they were trying something that didn't work, so now they're coming into their own. Now they're having all these other people are coming into their own. Uh, you know, uh, Pac, I mean, Pac is amazing anyway, but we don't have to talk anything about him but he's been gone for some time so he's finally coming into his rhythm with aw because he's been gone for so long because of the pandemic yes um you know you have an orange cassidy you having trent's doing great things scorpio sky um you know we have all these other people and qt marshall is one of those people we saw at first and we all had our our perception about him at first and now he's coming into his own and I, i'm dude he's looking badass like i'm loving qt marshall i never thought in 2021 i'd be saying that but here i am um it's may <laughs> and i'm thinking qt marshall is pretty bad dude he's got a bomb ass group with him dude it's so fantastic i'm loving it yeah i will say this about qt marshall and i never noticed this before probably because i never pay attention to his entrance but i noticed that the and i heard uh i think i heard this correctly from justin roberts he's from freehold new jersey really yeah and i that's where i that's where i'm from so you guys were probably neighbors even know it probably maybe if he was living there uh in the early 2000s because that's i was there i i i moved from freehold new i lived in freehold new jersey so i was like holy shit it's a hometown boy so um automatically you know even though like i said even though i think qt is uh you know he's a very vanilla person that uh he, he's the type of guy that walks to the ladies and says i would love to fornicate you missionary that's how blandy is uh but the fact that he's from Freehold, New Jersey, scored some cool points with me. That's just I think that, that I have to admit that when I heard he's from Freehold, I was like, "Fucking great, fucking a, I love it." Um, but you know what? You know what I liked about the match the most about this? The amount of reversals we saw in this one. Yeah, uh, they tried going for a Cody Cutter reverse, trying to go for a Tombstone Pile Driver reverse, reverse, reverse. QT Marshall kicks out of the crossroads. Man, I was like, "Oh my god, this thing's perfect." It was so. It was not over the top. Yeah. It was so back and forth. You really had no idea 
what's which way you know which direction was going to go and i was like man this is awesome yeah they really got me invested obviously cody rhodes will want the figure four which you know he's been using that lately because for some reason the crossroads used to be a devastating move and for some reason it's not so it's not protected at all in aw yeah so which i think is a problem um, but it is it is pretty bad so i think cody might have to come up with something else now the figure four is a submission dude i mean that's a good submission hold but so many people's had it um i don't think anybody has an AEW, so i'm glad cody's using it that's fine um he may have to find or resort to a new finisher other than the crossroads because the crossroads i mean let's just let's be honest it's not working yeah and i will say that as great as this match was there were two things that were kind of ruining it and that was the commentators uh yeah first of all uh we had uh the racist i mean excalibur um out there and he was like qt is trying to secure the biggest win of his career but cody rhodes will not go down easily what are you, really? what are you calling wait what are you calling excalibur a racist you know why we saw the videos together you know what the fuck i'm talking about you ever, you ever call kevin owens a racist um kevin owens kevin owens was on a video uh well we i we don't really recap wwe on the show anymore so i i can't I, that's why i haven't said it well i'm just saying like i mean i love kevin owens i think he's great i think it was a stupid promo from a long time ago i think but, it was like kind of short on him but at the same time like when you when you want when you do recaps with wens or anything i was you ever say the racist kevin owens no but i say excalibur for a different reason actually it's two reasons one it's, it's biased because i can't stand his commentary i think he's uh one okay. of the worst commentators in the world he makes byron saxton look like bobby heenan um and number two the second reason is because of a, a hypocrisy issue that i have with tk and that is a long time ago when we had when the uh when the riots were first starting to happen or earlier in 2020 uh a person that uh if you know from my stand-up i become acquainted with by the name of linda hogan uh the ex-wife of the hulkster uh had some things to say about the rioting and everything um she didn't use any racial slurs or nothing like that she just stated her opinion and t and tk because he loves to troll and he loves to make the internet and he wants the internet people to love him he replied back and said congratulations you can join your husband and being banned from future AEW shows. And I know that he's taking a dig at the fact that Hogan had his incident a while back and basically he's trying to say, oh, we don't condone racism, so we're going to ban the Hogans because the internet people don't like the Hogans. Meanwhile, you got a guy who also has some skeletons in his closet, yet you give that man a live microphone every week. So once again, hashtag hypocrisy. So that's why I say that. It's more of a dig at TK and less at Excalibur, but Excalibur I just think is untalented, so there's nothing to do with his past. I just think he's shitty as a commentator and he needs to get the fuck out of there because it's been a year. We already know who these people are, so he served his purpose. Let's get somebody so, who actually knows how to do commentary and get this guy out of here so that the two greatest commentators of all time can get a real guy working with them. I get you. You know, I don't really care for Excalibur myself, too. That's fine, though, but um, I'm going to side with uh, TK only because uh, fuck Hulk Hogan. Yes, and we I, talked about I it before that. the show. So. <laughs> but I know you hate Hulk Hogan, but you can see the point I'm making, though, right? No, 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 no. Absolutely. I mean, I give a point over to you, Vinny. Thank you. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm, I'm not saying you got to be yeah. a Hulkamaniac. I'm just saying that's why I call him that. Um, and, and that well, I want to say this. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you I'm, I'm gonna give you an imaginary points that has no value, <laughs> okay. but to us, <laughs> you get a point. Yes, it's like it's like a conversation in a strip club. So we got. <laughs> 
<laughs> it just don't matter. But then I have another thing I got, another bone I got to pick with, and that is uh, good old JR. Kind of got on my nerves a little bit. Um, at one point, we were talking about the reversals before, how many great reversals we saw. Uh, most of those came in the form of a tombstone pile driver. We saw Cody and QT literally counter this thing over and over again. Now, I think it was a tad much, but it wasn't enough to take me out of the whole match. But I was like, all right, this is getting a little out of hand. But they, 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 they didn't reach the point where it was fuckery. So they, but they were, they were kind of inching towards that. It's like, okay, we gotta do this a little bit more. Now you gotta stop. But that's neither here nor there. Finally, Cody hits the pile driver. Stumstone pile driver goes for the cover. And he's like, he's like, well, and, and Cody Jr. something along the lines of, you know, well, he wasn't able to keep him down because you gotta hook the leg. When you don't hook the leg, it makes him hard to kick out. I'm sorry, Jr. Uh, did you not call multiple WrestleManias with a certain individual who had an undefeated streak, who had a Tombstone pile driver and never hooked the leg not one goddamn time? Uh, just saying, you just gonna, this, this is like, this, is, is it, we're just gonna pretend that you didn't commentate all those matches? And that's why you have the resume that you have. Like, like I could not have been the only one going, really, JR? And I like JR. But what the fuck, dude? Like, you know good and hell well you can pin somebody with a tombstone without hooking the leg. Find me one time where the Undertaker hit a tombstone pile driver and hooked the leg. Never. Um, Kane, well, but, never. But, but, but uh, well, you know what, though? I'm, I'm going to counter that because Undertaker with his sheer size and height, when he drops a tombstone, is like from, you know, pretty much up in the heavens, dropping it down to the mats. Cody Rhodes, not so tall. Um, So I'm going to to go because Undertaker is just so big and menacing and his sheer size adds more weight to it and it makes it more devastating. Cody Rhodes not as big so it doesn't have as much impact as opposed to the dead man so try that on for size. That's a good okay I will all right I'll, I'll give you that one I'll give you that one thank you that, okay well I'll give you that wait wait, wait. Do, I, do I do I do I get an imaginary point for that we yes, should do points we should be it should be point counterpoint who gets points okay I like it I like it right. let's keep going <laughs> oh we're gonna, we gonna keep going uh next we got uh Alex Marvez, or as a certain podcast likes to call him, Officer Bar Brady, but I'll go with Alex Marvez um, because I don't hate I, I don't hate him as much as the other guy does. Is backstage to interview All Ego Ethan Page, his nickname, not not something I'm giving him, and Scorpio Sky. They said they weren't afraid of Sting, and they said he's just a mosquito who they were going to swat. I'm the franchise now, bitch," said Scorpio Sky. Darby, why don't we talk about your medical history? That face paint you wear because of the dent I put in your forehead and the metal plate in your elbow is also courtesy of me and then all of a sudden Darby Allen charged headstrong into Ethan Page Darby climbed up the lightning rig crashed down to Ethan Page with a coffin drop Scorpio Sky then jumped on Darby Ethan Page with Scorpio Sky's assistance throws Darby Allen down the concrete steps of Daly's place I thought it was a pretty I thought it was a pretty cool a cool little segment right there climbs the ladder does a coffin drop I mean I just feel like, uh, you know, Darby Allen is just a glutton for pain. He just loves to do that stuff. Um, they kind of battle back and forth, and then they throw, and then <laughs> Paige throws freaking um, Darby Allen down a concrete stairs. You can't fake that, dude. What What is going on? That is so crazy. Yeah. Uh, I got to, uh, here's, here's what I'm going to say right now. Um, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Please give these men microphones every week. Right. I loved this. This is the best promo I've seen Scorpio Sky cut. This was better than the vignettes he was doing. Like, I Absolutely. loved this promo. And then he, he even went so far as to call Sting Steve. Because for those who don't right. know, his real name is Steve Borden. Like, he called him by his real name. He took him out of the equation. You know, who's afraid Who's afraid of the big black bat? The the quote from Batman Forever. Like, just everything he did was flawless. Ethan Page. 
thing. I'm not even going to talk about our wrestling history because no one's even seen those matches. I'm like, all right, Ethan, keeping it 100. I, I respect that. And then lays into Darby Allen verbally. This was a fantastic segment ruined by the stunt clown. And that I think it kind of it kind of I mean it, it kind of adds to it. I I do see where you're coming from, so I'll give you that. But at the same time, like I just think, wait, is Ric Flair in a commercial for AEW? That's weird. Um, so <laughs> he does the commercial. Yeah, I know, but he was in the commercials. So I was like, wait, Ric Flair's in AEW now, and John Cena's on here too. No, I'm joking. Um. <laughs> But, like, uh, <laughs> that's so weird. Um, no, but I'm just saying, like, um, Darby Allen. I mean, that's just stick. Like, he wants to get tossed around. He wants to show how tough he is. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's, he's doing too much. I don't think he really cares for himself. I don't think he'll feel really understanding the, the, the toll he's doing on his body till later on. But if that's the route he really wants to take, then do it. If that's what you think, it's going to get you over. I mean, he's over already. But I don't think he really knows it because the fans aren't there. So he can't really tell. So he's got to put himself out there. Or maybe he just wants to be that character. I mean, remember when McFoley was doing it back in the day? Everybody, everybody called him crazy, you know, for doing like you know jumping off the cage and going going through the cage and off into the table. So you know, she, I mean, uh, McFoley was a crazy wild man back then. They told him he was crazy that he wasn't have longevity, and sure enough, he had a long longevity. Now he's you know he's hurting himself, but look at him now. When you think McFoley, you think greatest of all time, right? One of the greatest, but there's a difference, and that is McFoley also knew psychology he also knew how to work he knew when to be the crazy madman and when not to be the crazy madman darby allen is just crazy like that's my problem like no 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 no, no. i i don't no 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 you're you're wrong because i'm I'm telling you right now here's the thing when i look at darby allen i don't see what they're, they're trying to portray him as this and it ain't working like i don't see an underdog trying to overcome the odds I see a fucking idiot who's going to get himself killed. That there's no, nothing I mean, he does well, I mean, I, I is see. remotely believable. Like the fact that like when he's climbing up that goddamn ladder, if you're dumb enough to follow him to the ladder, something wrong with you. You know good and hell well this dumbass ain't trying to escape. He's been around for a year. We know he's fucking crazy. And he's doing this cop and drop, which I'm su- which the only reason he's not paralyzed is cuz the person's always there to catch him. It's like, "Catch me, daddy. Come here, son." Catch splat. That's every, and then he gets thrown down these steps, and I'm like, oh my god! And then everybody's like, this is the end of the world. I'm sorry. I saw this man do an elbow drop in a fucking abandoned, condemned warehouse through a free, from one story to the to the top, from one from like the highest part of the place to the bottom. And now I'm supposed to believe, oh my god, his career's in jeopardy because he got thrown down the stairs. Like that's like that's like surviving an explosion, and then the guy. But that, it's like it's like the good guy surviving an explosion, and then he dies by slipping on a banana peel and hitting his head on the concrete. Like that's anticlimactic. It just yeah, get out of here. Like I'm just Darby Darby Allen. I can't get behind this. I try. I can't. They're trying to push this guy as a star, and I'm sorry, it ain't happening. This guy is. He's just a glutton for punishment, and he's just gonna, he's a guy who's gonna get himself killed. He doesn't care that he's gonna get himself killed. And, you know, if he does, if, if, and in fact, I'll compare him to, the, I think he's gonna be the next dynamite kid, but not in the way people think. This guy's gonna end up in a goddamn wheelchair. I swear to God. 10 years from now, he's gonna be at autograph signings, wheeling himself around in a, in a fucking wheelchair, because this guy 
is going to kill himself, and he doesn't know when enough is enough. It's insanity. It's, like I said, this, it's, it's not over. I'm not enjoying this. I tried, but this guy is just, he has go-away heat with me. I'm sorry you feel that way. I don't, I don't think so. I think for the past couple weeks, I'm not sure if you've been watching or not, though, but he's had some regular, you know, knock him out, just regular matches where he wasn't doing all the crazy stuff and uh, jumping around back and forth. I mean, he's had some great matches in the past couple weeks. Have you been watching the past couple weeks or have you been watching or have you been just reading the results? I haven't been watching because I haven't had a recap. I already know I'm not a Darby Allen fan, so I skip it. On the rare moments where I, I know, but it was like matches. he's been he's been he's been he's been, main, he's been main eventing like the shows for the past couple of weeks, putting his title on the line. He's had some like bangers where he wasn't doing all the crazy, you know, going crazy shit where he's jumping off of things and putting his body down. Don't be wrong, he got he got tossed around a couple of times here, and don't get me wrong, he did, but there was less of that and more wrestling. So if you're just basing on, you know, I, I know you saw from before he was you know spot monkey, spot monkey shit, whatever. I get it, but for the past couple of weeks. If you're just reading the results and actually watching the matches what he's had in the past couple weeks, he's been having, like, technical matches. It's been pretty fucking amazing. Well, send me one, I'll watch it. But I'm just like, Jesus Christ. This guy. Oh, don't want me. I'm going to send you a whole bunch of shit you don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. And then, of course, after that, uh, we get the next match, if we want to call it that. Um, we have Britt Baker, who is number one ranked, versus Julia Hart. Uh, Baker got in control. She hits the air crash. One, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. It was. And the thing is this. Normally, we, we I'm not going to give this match any crap because it did what it needed to do. It was, This was not about yeah. it established Britt Baker. It gave her TV time. It let her beat the shit out of, out of a nobody. No offense to Julia. But yeah. and it's establishing her as the number one contender to go up against Sheeta. So we already know Britt Baker's not losing a match anytime soon. So you might as well give him squash matches so she doesn't get hurt and can make it to the pay-per-view. I, I, in fact, I don't want to see Britt Baker wrestle another match till double or nothing. She just needs to talk and maybe get, get into a bit of a scuffle with Sheeta maybe, but she don't need to wrestle. She don't need, she don't need to do full-blown matches. She ain't got nothing to prove. She showed she can work. She's shown she can talk. Just get her to the pay-per-view, Put on a kick-ass match with Sheeta and take the belt. I agree. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I like to see her just kind of like you know hit the ropes, do a couple things, whatever. But you know, she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to have, she doesn't have to have any squash matches or anything. If you have a match, have a match. I mean, but I mean, they wanted to get over who this, you know, Mrs. Hart also, um, you know, for Julia. So you want to put some airtime for her? Okay, you're gonna be on there. You're gonna be a squash. Okay, cool. But you, if you really want to see her, you can see on uh, on dark or elevation or whatever. So it's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, yeah, it was it, it was it was nothing. It was filler. You know, a little women's time. Um, very little women's time. But nonetheless, it is what it is. It served its purpose. But um, the next segment we have uh, Taz. He breaks down. Remember when um, Taz uh broke the video down for John Moxley versus uh Brian Cage, and he gave me a little thing about how. Um, he couldn't get the um, the finisher for Mox, whatever. Remember how he broke it down, like how big Cage's shoulders are, and he yeah. can't pull off the Death Valley driver, or whatever. Yeah, I remember. Uh, that. They kind of did the same thing. So they did the same thing. They had the same segment, but they broke it down with Christian Cage's uh, finisher and how like uh, Powerhouse Hobbs was able to power out of all those um, unprettiers, I guess we're gonna call them, or I'm not sure what he calls it here. Um, but it was it was a nice little breakdown. It's kind of cool to see it though because. I mean, I guess, do we really see any of these kind of segments in WWE? Because I don't think we did, you know, where they, they break down a finisher and how it's working other than, you know, submission versus whatever. 
But um, Taz really has this thing where he likes to break down the person's finisher and how it's not going to be able to be used against you know his people or the people on t- on Team Taz, which I think is pretty great. Um, it's not prolific or anything crazy, but I think it's a nice little segue from the uh, the match we just saw to talk about. Hey, we don't have to have anything on screen, but here's what we got. I broke down Christian Cage's finisher and how it's not going to be able to be used on any of our people on here. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Uh, WWE has done this before, but rarely. Usually what they do is if it's a big, if they're trying to promote a match for a big fight feel, whether it's a classic match or a legend match, usually they'll have people breaking things down. Like when, like when Shawn Michaels fought The Undertaker one last time, they did something like that. Or when Triple H and The Undertaker went one-on-one in Australia, they did that. Or certain NXT title matches that were like going to be epic and ones for the ages. They would bring people in, like legends, to give those kind of opinions. But it was something they did once in a blue moon. If this is something Taz can do regularly, it's perfect for him. I I've, think so. And I think so. I'm not, I'm not saying Taz is perfect uh you know when announcing or anything else i mean i like the guy i don't dislike him but i think that suits him more due to breakdown and do the you know how their move you know could impact and how it's ineffective to the to his team whatever i think it's pretty cool um it's short and sweet and to the point and that's exactly what taz needs to be because there's no i mean he shouldn't be a storyteller he's not really a storyteller He's more like a get-to-the-point type thing, and he gets the narrative there right away. Some people, it takes them a long time to get their thoughts and ideas out there where Taz could just sit there and be short and sweet and perfect, man. Yeah, and what's even better about it is he was like, after seven years, the honeymoon following Christian's return is coming to an end, and it made me laugh because uh, I'm I'm in the minority where I wasn't in a honeymoon period because I, I like Christian, but I don't put him on a pedestal that a lot of the marks do. I really don't like I. I, yeah, I mean, like, I like Christian, but I was I was never like a a, a Christian head or a key or whatever you want to call it though. And by the way, I got something to bow. I got I about to pick the two with AEW since I am the correspondent. There's too many cages. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many pages. Christian Cage, Brian Cage, Hangman Page, Al Ethan Eagle Page. It's like what's going on, guys? You need you guys need to do something about that, man. It's crazy. Yeah, they. Uh, it's just yeah. They're they're giving too many people last names. Like it's it's gonna become like a bu- like we're gonna see a bunch of Lees and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I I, I brought it brought to my attention because I was listening to it. I was I was looking at the show. I was like, okay, it's Page and Page and Cage and Cage. I'm like, wait a second, what's going on? It's like, wait, Rhodes and Rhodes. Okay, stop this shit. <laughs> well, that's to be exp- well. Those are actually related. That's- no, no, no. I know, I know, I know. I'm just I'm just making a point. You know, it's yeah, exactly. Like, All right, well, so, but yeah, but no. so I hope Taz does more of that. And then we have the next match, which is the four-way tag team eliminator match with the winner to earn a match against uh, against the, the dumb fucks. I mean, the young bucks. And we got um, SCU. Wow. Um, you gotta go there. We have Christopher Daniels and Frankie Gazarian, the real SCU, uh, taking on Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus with Marco Polo. Uh, we have the Varsity Blondes, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and Jungle Man Griff Garrison uh, versus <laughs> versus uh, the acclaimed uh, Anthony Bowens and Platinum Max Caster, who I got to say, I loved. I actually liked their rap to the ring. 
So do I. And, I, I, and I'm glad you said that because I wanted to say something. Max Caster, when he comes out there, he broke down Jungle Boy. He broke down Luchasaurus. He broke down Christopher Daniels. He broke down Brian Pillman Jr. saying how he's still going to be on the real um, dark side of the ring someday, but not the way everybody thinks. And Griff Garrison, right? He broke everybody down. Do you know who he didn't break down? Who? Frankie Kazarian, because he didn't want those. He doesn't want any of that shit. Because Frankie Kazarian ripped them a couple weeks ago. Like Matt Caster would say something to him, and then fucking Frankie Kazarian got in the microphone and broke down freaking Matt Caster. So if you look through the whole thing again, when when he comes to the ring, he breaks everybody down except for Frankie Kazarian. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I I saw it, I was like, oh, he don't want any. He doesn't want any Kaz, dude. He doesn't want any Kazarian at all. Yeah, I don't want any Frankie Kazarian. Do you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, again, this is this is one of those tag team things, whatever, where everybody gets their shit in. And the thing is, you know, the tag team wrestling in AEW is their bread and butter. So you know it's going to be really good, especially with the kind of talent we have in here. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Luchasaurus, uh, Christopher Daniels, and Kazarian. Obviously, they're still in that little mantra where if they lose any tag team uh, match that they're going to split, um, you know, we'll kind of see where that goes with it. But um. I thought it was a fun-paced match. I mean, you know, tag team wrestling is always so interesting, especially when it comes to AEW. And these teams, I mean, could you – I mean, from all these people, there's not really a weak link. I know that um, the Varsity Blondes are a nearly foreign team. They've been around for a couple weeks or maybe, you know, a couple months. Um, But they're fun to watch. I like Griff Garrison. And it's just kind of funny to see Griff Garrison and Jungle Boy Jack Perry in the same ring because it just looks like Griff Garrison's his bigger older brother or something. Exactly. That's why (laughs) – that's why I did the joke. That's why I always call him Jungle Man Griff Garrison because yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, and it's 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 a funny bit on um being the elite as well too. So no, it's uh yeah, well, they remember like um I think the Dark Order was trying to uh, recruit uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and when they actually um um they actually kidnapped Griff Garrison, and when they unmasked him, it was just Griff Garrison. He was like, "I'm not Jungle Boy." He's like, "Who are you?" Griff Garrison. He's like, "Who the fuck's Griff Garrison?" I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, like this team. I mean, it was a fun match. I mean, if you like tag team wrestling, I mean, AEW is gonna be your bread and butter. Uh, tag team wrestling, they made it super fun to watch, and I, I never get disappointed. Um, I remember I was watching NXT. Remember when I had a recap once because John was gone. Yeah. And uh, we did a takeover. Was it takeover? We had a recap like night number two. I believe. Um, so. No, no. You and John were able to do night two. Oh, that's right. Me and John did and night John, number two. I, was we, doing, I, I had to go on live show. Oh, that's right. That's right. So. But with that said, I remember watching a tag team match they had on there. I forgot what it was. Um, but nonetheless, I had so much fun watching it because it was such a good tag team match. And I, I didn't think I was such a big tag team uh, a, um, a fan of wrestling. And when it's done right, it's fucking amazing. AEW always delivers. You, I barely saw it for a long time in WWE. Um, I watched a pay-per-view at TakeOver. It was truly a fun tag team match to watch. But tag team wrestling is one of my favorites now. I just love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's good when the right teams are doing it, and absolutely. You know, this, and this was actually a this is like this is one of the first time they've had a multi man like tag team like multiple tag teams in a ring, and I felt like it was done right because a lot of times they have they put a lot of wrestlers like in a ring like that, and it's usually going to be a a goddamn ridiculous spot fest, and I didn't feel that from this match. I felt like it's like these it's like especially Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I, I've always been a, I've been a fan of them, but Jungle Boy. He's learning. Whoever is teaching him, he's listening, he's learning, and he's pacing himself a lot more, which I enjoy immensely. 
Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, there are no flaws in their game. I have been waiting for these two to be just them two. It pissed me off when SCU won the tag team titles and it was mostly Scorpio Sky holding the belt. That shit bothered me. Because to me, Daniels and Kazarian are a true tag team. Um, and Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, um, I just like the chemistry between them. And Brian Pillman seems to know what he Junior seems to know what he's doing. And uh, and I'll break the fourth wall here for a moment. I'm currently in the process of trying to watch uh, the Brian Pillman Dark Side of the Ring. Cause I know you, me, and Desmond, we got to make that video at some point. Um, right. And it's a, and there's two parters, so we'll do what we'll pretty much do what I did with Chris Benoit. Part one will be a video, and part two will be a different video. But we'll record gotcha. them. We'll record them together. At, on, we'll record them in the same day, but we'll like focus on part one for one video, then focus on part two, and that'll be it. So we got that. But I'm in the middle of watching it, and I'm learning a lot about Brian Pillman. Some of the stuff I already knew. Some of the stuff I'm learning for the first time. But uh, Brian Pillman Jr. seems to, from what I've seen so far, uh, definitely has a good head on his shoulders. And no, he's a fucking dictionary. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he has a good head on his shoulders, and he definitely knows that. As much as he wants to be successful in the business, I don't see him get getting as crazy about it as his dad did. I think he has a smart. He's he's going to be a lot smarter with the choices that he makes. So I think so. I like that, and like I said, the acclaimed. When I first heard them, I was like, "This is god awful as shit." This, but but this rap made me is start. They're starting to grow on me. If they can, if they can get better with this, I can get behind this team. Because as much as I like this one, I I gotta see. They, I gotta know that's gonna be consistent before I officially say this team's going somewhere. But they well, finally impressed. Well, that's at the, well, at the same time, Enzo Amore. I mean, he was good on the mic, right? But I mean, most of the times he spit pure fire, right? But there was a couple of them that wasn't so great. So give it like the, it was going to sound weird, but give it the Enzo treatment when it comes to the promos. You know, sometimes when he was on, it was fucking good. And sometimes it kind of fell short, but the thing is, it can't all be gold. It's wrestling, folks. No, we all know sometimes no, when it's no, no, great, no, it's, it's great. When it's good. No, you're right. It can't all be gold. But the difference is when Enzo, Enzo was gold from the beginning, and then every now and then he had some that were ant. Eh. But he was gold, gold, right. gold, gold, gold. And then there was a silver and a copper. These guys were like lump of coal, lump of coal, lump of coal, lump of coal, lump of coal. Oh, here's a little, here's some, here's a gold nugget. That's that's the difference. I need to know that they're not going to go back to lump of coal, lump of coal, lump of coal, lump of coal, lump of coal. I want to see. I get some, you. I, I want to see some gold before they give another lump of coal. So that's the difference. Like the acclaimed, this is the first promo they've cut, and they've been on TV for I don't know, I can't remember exactly how long, but it's definitely been a while. And they've up until now they've sucked. This this was their one. This was their one. So I'll tell you what though. I'll tell you what, Vinny. I'm gonna do you a favor. Okay. After the show's done, I'm gonna send you a video of Max Caster's every promo he's done since he's been on there. Now I want you to think twice about what you're saying. Now right now you're just based it on just from just tonight. I'm love I'm loving the fact that you're loving his promo from tonight or his his rap from tonight. I'm gonna send you a thing that has most of his raps up until maybe last week. And tell me what you think. Fair, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do. Sure, no okay, problem. Okay, cool. And we, and we can talk about it next week and tell me how you feel about it. Sure, I'll do that. Not a problem. Oh, that's cool. I'm cool, cool. with that. I love it. And then we have. 
And next oh, wait, wait, wait. So, so, so real quick, uh, SCU won, won by pinfall, which, dude, again, tag team wrestling. I love this little pairing. They had the uh, best moonsault ever slash power driver combination on Brian Pillman Jr. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. SCU won, so that means they're not going to break up. They're going to go for the tag team championships. And uh, I thought, I don't know what it is about tag team wrestling when it comes to combination um, finishers. I freaking love it. You know what's my favorite tag team finisher? My and favorite? something you won't believe. What is it? I don't know why it works so good, but it does. I like the super kick into the pedigree um, finisher. I don't know why they I pop so hard for that. But what I see when HBK takes a person out with the super kick and the combination of either HBK's kicking somebody, the person turns around, they get kicked in the stomach and gets a pedigree. Or when HBK knocks the person out and then Triple H hits the pedigree at the exact same time. I don't know why that's so prolific in my mind, but I love it. I think it's the timing of everything. That's what makes it work. Yes, ultimately. it is. You know, and yeah, for me, I had to really think of like my favorite tag team finisher. Um, it's cliche, but I got to go with the 3D. I mean, no, no, don't get me wrong. I thought about it long and hard. Like, I know, you know me. Legion yeah. of Doom, the Doomsday Device, pretty awesome. Oh, do, oh, yeah. um, the, the, the 3D is really awesome. Um, I mean, there's so there's. I, oh my! I mean, uh, I would go with the Midnight Express with, Vegematic was another good one. That was really good too. When Stan Absolutely. would hold the guy, would grab the guy, the guy's legs, hold him out, and Bobby Eaton comes off the top with the leg drop. Well, who, was it? Was it uh, Perry Saturn? And who was the other guy where he had like the speeding heel kick and the leg sweep? Who did that? It was Perry Saturn, and who else? Oh, uh, Malenko? No. Uh, fuck. No, who was it? I can't remember who, but did, didn't somebody in, in a, NXT or AW do that? No, it was back in the Attitude Era. It was Perry Saturn. I think Perry Saturn is the one who did the leg drop, and someone did a spinning heel kick. So it looked like he was sitting from behind and being swept at the same time. It was pretty nice, but it was like, um, God, I can't think of it now. I'll, we'll have to get back to it. Was but it John I don't know what it is, but they, what's that? The Eliminators? I don't know. I can't remember. Well, you know, well, I'll look it up, and we'll bring it up next week. Okay. All right. But next, we cut to uh, Tony Schiavone, who interviews the man now calling himself the belt collector, the AEW world champion, uh, Kenny Beta, I mean Omega. And he says, I'm, right, 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 right. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> we need to stop this whole, like, Young Fox, Kenny Beta, whatever. We, need, we, we really need to stop this. If, if, if we're doing our show, let's do it right. Let's pay some respect to the mega champion, which has never been done. Okay. So I know you have your thoughts about him, but come on, you're you're better than that, Vinny. You know okay. you're supposed to be our fearless leader. You're supposed to be better than that. So okay. I mean, let's let's put some hey. respect into those words. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I, at least at least I'm using an original phrase. I'm not calling him Twinkle Toes McFigure Bang or something like that. Okay. I mean, I'm not okay. going we that far. I mean, that that's you're pretty damn close. Yeah, I just said beta. That's it's that's oh, funny. That's you. actually funny. You know, like. I don't call him like I don't call him like Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang. I think that's I I think that's a bit much because I very rarely see him pirouette on cue. So anyway, um, wow. But he says I've been he says I've been a busy man as of late, collecting gold all over the world, and now it's come to pass. So Tony Schiavone just going with the announcement. He says next week an eliminator match. I hate these. It's going to be Pack versus Orange Cassidy with the winner facing Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. Kenny acted if he never heard of Orange Cassidy. Freshly squeezed, walked out, and stood in Kenny's face. Omega said someone like Cassidy would never be championship material. 
The only thing championship material about you is something you ripped off of me, said Omega, as he removed Cassie's sunglasses. You'll never take this title, but you have taken my time, Orange, and thus I am taking these sunglasses from you, said Omega. Kenny Omega ordered Orange Cassie. Look at him. When it comes down to the possible match between Orange Cassie and Kenny Omega, meh, I'll see you whenever. And he walks out. So, yeah. So, uh, Kenny Omega takes the glasses off, gives it to Nakazawa. He goes like, yeah, um... He goes like he wouldn't count on that match. He'll see uh, Orange Cassidy in about ten years or when he's whatever he's a fully grown adult. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I was like, damn, damn, Kenny, cold, bro. You cold? Yeah, and uh, I gotta say this: as much as me no likey Kenny, I enjoyed the shit out of this promo. Right, I loved every minute of it. Because everything Kenny said was straight facts. Right. Everything. Like, I love the fact that he looks at Orange Cassidy and, like, uh, and like pretty much called him out on all of his bullshit. Like, that was so fucking enjoyable. And the only reason I would even want to see Orange Cassidy in this match is if there are no plans to take that belt off of Kenny at Double or Nothing. If Kenny, if Kenny Omega is being booked to walk out of Double or Nothing, still the AEW World Champion, as much as I do not want that to happen, if that is the plan, you might as well let him get in the ring and play with TK's little dog pockets because Pac has no business being in a world title match if he is not going to have that belt around his waist. I agree. So, if you're ready to take the belt off of Kenny, please give it to Pac. Please give it to Pac. The man's fucking ready. But, if oh, you he's are... He's been ready. He's been ready. If you are... But, if you still want to ride with Kenny as the champion, which I do not enjoy... But everybody else seems to. Then give it to Orange. Then give it to Orange. So Kenny Omega can whoop his, can slap the whatever off his fucking face, and you know kick, you know kick his hands right out of the pockets, and then just beat his ass and win the title and keep his belt. That that that's the scenario, because. There is no scenario where Orange Cassidy wins that title and any good business gets done. So I agree. No, I'm, I'm totally on board with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and then we cut to Tony Schiavone again, and out comes the best man, Miro. And oh my goodness, he goes. Go on. I told the world that nobody is going to distract my destiny. I warned the locker room that if you've got a title. I've got a problem with you. I have a contract here on the next Dynamite. Darby Allen, I'm coming for you and the TNT title. In seven days, the world will find out what happens when the man who doesn't mind dying meets the man who doesn't mind killing him. Miro is the best. Miro's number one. Oh, man, this is exactly what we needed, man. This is exactly what we needed. We needed it for quite some time, and thank God we finally have it. We got the Miro we've always needed, 
And uh, you know, I hope I hope he wins it. He better damn well win it. If he gets any shenanigans from that little bitch ass Kip Sabian, I'm gonna stop watching wrestling for two weeks. Yes, I am so glad we're on the same page. Give this motherfucker the title. For the love of God. There is n- there no, there's no scenario where where me where, where Darby Allen should win this. None. This is it, it's done. Just you, you you give Miro this title and watch the ratings stay where they are. Or, 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 you know, cuz I guarantee you Miro is going to draw bigger ratings and is going to look more menacing and more badass as a champion than the human pincushion. It is time to have a champion who dishes out punishment instead of a guy who just takes it. It's done. Yeah. The, 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 the Darby Allen emo human pincushion experiment is over. Let him go sit under a tree and write depressing poetry. Okay. While he listens to Adele music on his goddamn iPod, and let's get a real man, the best man, representing the network. Wow. And on no, that, now I agree. I I, lo- I love Miro, man. I hope he takes it. He better take it. Um, TK, if you're listening, you know you know, you know the right thing to do. I think the uh, Darby Allen experiment's over because I mean he's over. Darby Allen's over. He doesn't need the belts. Miro needs it. I mean, we just yeah. need that in our lives. Yes. And I mean, it's time. TK, this is the moment where you need to show people why you deserve that Booker of the Year award that nobody thinks you should have won. Now's your chance to prove to them that you know what the fuck you're doing. Give Miro the belt. Uh, Arthur, you're wrong over there. He's Booker of the Year for a reason. Just because he doesn't agree with you, Mr. Benny Bucci, doesn't mean he doesn't know what's going on. He's very prolific in what he does in everyday life. Are you serious? He looks like he looks like a young Herb Abrams. The man doesn't uh, know um, what he's doing. Now, Arthur, I mean, you just don't get these kind of accolades by just sitting on your laurels and doing nothing. I mean, everybody knows you got to sit there and put some fantasy booking and booking and planning and get, getting different surprises. So TK is a good booker. You got to sit there and like pass all the monstrosity and your um, training from WWE for all these years. It's going to take some years of unbrainwashing to get your brain in the right direction there. If this was any more of a fantasy, he'd be playing with action figures. Oh, Arthur, and it's true. He does hang out with, uh, he does have a big collection of action figures. He bought a whole bunch of them off Kurt Hawkins and uh, Mr. Matt Cardona. We all know that it's all like, televised on YouTube. I'm still waiting for my action figure. Uh, there's no action figure for you. You're just a finger. Oh, uh, those still make money. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> So on that. Okay. Let's get there. Let's get there. We get there. So on. Okay. 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 This is the part of the show where where Elvis and I just make each other laugh. We hope you guys are laughing too. Uh, But anyway, uh, on that note, we do get to the main event of the evening. Our version of the war games, two wrestling rings, one giant cage. Blood and guts. We have the Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, and FTR with Tully Blanchard versus 
The Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Proud and Powerful, and Jake Hager. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I know there's a lot of back and forth thing, but let me tell you something, folks. Did you really expect the man who's over 50 years old when he falls off a fucking cage to actually fall in a fucking mat? No. Now, could it have been different where they had a different production where the cameras were a little bit maybe higher or lower or away from where it's had to give more impact? Absolutely. Um, aside from that, though, I thought it was really well drawn out. MGF played his role perfect as a cowardly leader, um, trying to run away from the cage. Um, Sean Spears, he was the first person in the match. Um, Guevara, I saw pictures of after what happened after the match. His body took a beating. Um, I think, I'm not going to lie to you, I think it kind of looked like Guevara was kind of sloppy. I think he may have suffered a concussion during a match. I'm not going to lie to you, it looked like it. Who did? Uh, Sammy Guevara. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. The match presented what it advertised. That is the best you can ask for, is that we were promised blood and guts. Didn't see a lot of guts, but saw a lot of blood. No, I'll take it back. No, it did. There was a lot guts? of blood. It, it, there was blood. It first started with Cody. He had to, he had to bleed first because he was taking out the trash. Um, then it bled again during this match. But the guts came at the end. Jericho took that fall. It takes guts to do that. Um, that's where the guts came from. I will, that's a good point. That I will, you know, that's a good point. I'll give you that. I will give you that. Um, but here's the thing. When I talk about blood and guts, I'm not talking about Cody. Co that, I, I, that's, that's just extra matches. Blood and guts to me was the main event. This is a blood and guts mm -hmm. match. Cody bleeding, that's all well and good, but when doesn't he bleed? Okay, it's a, Cody is becoming the Ric Flair of AEW in the sense that he bleeds every other week. So, I I was well, Wheeler, not... Wheeler Wheeler got busted open. I mean, a lot of people got busted open, man. So yes. there, there was blood in this match. I, that's what that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that there was blood in the match. That's what I wanted to see. I'm saying when I say that it presented what they had advertised, Cody bleeding doesn't count. The people in this match that I know, bled. I know. That's what I'm talking about. Like he, all I'm just saying, like, he was the first person to do it. He's like, okay, you think this is blood with you sitting in the match? Because, like, Jericho got busted open. Willow got busted open. I mean, like, everybody, they could have been passing around tampons did. for as much blood as... I mean, they could have passed around tampons for as much as blood I saw in this match. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Present... If you're going to advertise a match as blood and guts, you got to show blood and guts. Just like when you advertise an a ring that's going to explode. Give us a fucking ring that's going to explode or don't advertise the goddamn match. This delivered. Loved it. I It was great. It was great. My, now, as, now, as the nitpicky person that I fucking am, I'm going to do it because I wouldn't be me if I didn't. I will say these were my little issues. Sammy volunteered to start the match. It's all well and good. I don't think Dax should have started. I feel like it should have been Sammy and it should have been Sean Spears. It should have been I think Sean Spears should have started the match for the pinnacle instead of Dax. That's my opinion. I will say everything in the match was done well. Story was told. 
The spots weren't too crazy. Everything done was believable. And the psychology was there. Everything was there. They, every, the teams were on all cylinders, and it felt like a fight. It didn't feel like I went to the circus. It feels like I went to see the fights. And that's what I wanted to see. It felt like an old, without school, war games, only there was a lot of blood, which, again, there should be in a blood and guts match. But it felt like the war games because all the teammates were outside. There was a lid on top of the goddamn cage. It allowed to go in and out of the cage a little bit. So they had a little bit of wiggle room. It felt like a real war games. They did war they did war games the way NXT should have did it from the very goddamn beginning. Ooh, that, high praise. It is. Because I've I've gone on record saying I hate the stipulations for the NXT war games. I think it's fucking stupid. The fact that there's no lid on top of that cage is dumb as fuck. The fact that they don't have the teammate all the teammates out there. They make them come out one at a time or lock them in a goddamn shark cage is dumb as fuck. <laughs> I think the fact there's even a stipulation, if you leave the cage, you forfeit the match for your team. I think that's dumb as fuck. Now, granted, within the confines of those dumb as fuck stipulations, they have had some War Games matches that were very, very good. But the rules make it stupid. This felt like the old school war games, and I enjoyed it immensely. I will say, however, the finish was very, very one-on-one, very cliche. And I've never and and I and I never understood it. Like, oh, if you don't surrender, I'm gonna throw Jericho off the top of the cage. No, no, don't we surrender? And then he still throws him off the cage. It's like that really? Why would you even quit then? I never understood that. It's like it was like in '97 when they had when they tried to get uh, WWE surrender. They were gonna slam Ric Flair's head into the cage. So they said so they surrendered and they still slammed his head into the goddamn cage. It's like y'all. It's like y'all don't read y'all's history. Like I just thought that booking was dumb. I would have preferred a different way to get the surrender and then have Jericho just thrown off the top of the cage. Like maybe he did something where. They, where they, where they knock out all the inner circle guys, lock them inside the cage, like padlock it, and then everyone on the pinnacle jumps up, and one by one, they just beat the fuck out of Jericho until he finally surrenders. Rather than having Sammy throw his hands up, make Jericho, make the leader give up. And then MJF grabs him, tosses him off, toss him off the top of the cage. I thought that would have been a 10 times better finish because you're making the leader quit. Because if the leader falls, the team falls. That's why they always say, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're dealing with a gang of bullies, kill the leader, the rest won't know what to do. Or, right. or cut off, or wait, or that's why you cut off the head of the snake. Because then, then, then the snake's dead. So that's what should have been done. And, but... All that aside, the match delivered. And before, and Elvis, I know you got some thoughts. I'm going to let you share them, but I got one more thing I got to say. I've said this a lot, but I got to say it one more time while it's still on fresh in my head. 
my biggest gripe is that this match was on free TV with Double or Nothing taking place May 30th. I know I've said it already, but I gotta say it again. This was fucking stupid to put a great match like this on free TV because I don't know what the fuck they're gonna try to do for Double or Nothing, but as far as I'm concerned, you just had your climax. This is like, what 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 am I gonna see next? A makeout session? Like it's really? over. You you you've made your point. The pinnacle is the top dogs now. It, there's nothing left in the inner circle to do. <laughs> you can't. What am I? What am I gonna see? A six man tag? Like what the fuck you gonna do? You just had you just had your great great match. This should have been on the fucking pay per view. Right, nope. Anyway, you can go. No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm glad they gave away on free TV. They like to do that sometimes. We do have a we do have a paper at the end of the month, but that's three weeks of building something else. This had to implode and get done with. Um, I'm pretty sure these all these people go into different directions. Uh, God knows FTR needs a different direction. Uh, they, I mean, Pinnacle's the top of their game, but it could show some different things with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is probably gonna be out for a bit. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, well, um, so be. that's the fight. Yeah, so Jericho's gonna be gone for a bit. Um, Sammy G, um, Santana Ortiz, and Hager. I mean, they'll probably do this stuff on their own. I mean, on their own, literally. Um, Hager might do stuff on his own. Ortiz and uh, Santana might, you know, get into the tag team thing again, whatever, and start working for themselves until Chris Jericho gets his uh, gets back on his feet, I guess. Um, the Pinnacle are riding high right now, so they can sit there and be the top faction. But there's a lot of faction warfare going on still. So if you're in a faction, just because one person falls – um, you might have to self-defend your honor instead of defend your team because Inner Circle is the first faction in AEW other than the Elite, right? So you have, like, these faction warfares going on. So it could be either singles or they could fight something else. Or, I mean, I'm pretty sure the pinnacle of other people to chase off. So if they're ending it right now, that means there's something in the books for them coming for a pay-per-view if it's going to happen in the next three or four weeks. I mean, I'm sure of it. Okay, I just... What I'm saying is... You, where can you go from here with an inner circle, pinnacle, anything? Like they have to go their separate ways at this point. There's, n- yeah, it's done. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but if you're gonna have it done, why do it for free on TV? Why not put it on a pay per view where you can make money with it? Well, because it was, sometimes it's not about the money, Vinny. It's about giving the fans um something to watch, something like. Instead of having some kind of vanilla, bland type of thing. And don't get me wrong. When it comes to dollars and cents, you're absolutely right. But sometimes they just want to make the fans happy. Um, well, and I guess, you're not, I guess you're just not used to that. And I get it. I mean, it's hard for you to understand and comprehend. But sometimes a company just wants to give back to its fans. It doesn't have to be a pay-per-view thing, whatever. They give you a pay-per-view quality TV show on free, on free TV. Yes. Um, so instead of, just saying, instead of just saying, thank you, TK, for all you do for us, you're like, why would they do it? Why would they do that for it? Or, you know, I would pay money for this. Well, no, I mean they give it to you for free. So if that's a regular free TV. Imagine what's going to come on a what's going to happen on a on a pay per view. So <laughs> let's think about it that way. Okay, okay, okay. You had me until that last sentence. I know. I was thinking of the sparklers and the smoke bombs. No, you literally, yeah, you just said, what are they going to give me on the pay-per-view? Uh, Gilbert sparklers? Like, th- th- we watched the pay-per-view, dude. Like, that's the thing. Like. The, the pay-per-views, the reason I say that is because they charge regular pay-per-view prices. They put it in a place where it's 
where it's impossible for any casual fan to find because not everybody like because here's a little news flash not everybody watches reads the bleacher report so and and apparently well, Fight TV, know, which is but, the, but they do advertise bleacher report on there before so they're gonna sit there okay well you know we got a pay-per-view you figure it out i mean they tell you how to get there asshole you know <laughs> And that's the thing, but when it comes time for you to actually deliver a pay per view to pay for, you got nothing. You got not a lot of stuff. It becomes like regular TV because you put all the good stuff on TV. So I'm paying fifty bucks for yeah, like vanilla. Like it's it's not a smart business move in the long run. It's funny if you do it once in a while, but with them, it's not once in a while. It's all the time. It's all the time. It's not something they're doing occasionally. Like, hey, here's something special for the fans. It's literally every day. So it's it's like when people say, I wish it was Christmas every day. Well, then Christmas wouldn't be special if it was every day. After a certain point, you would get sick of looking at Santa Claus. Okay? After a certain point, you would not want to decorate a Christmas tree. That's why it comes around well, once a year, and you wait for it. And it's more fun, and it's more... Festive, because contrary to what Christmas movies say, you can't. Not everybody can be Holly and Jolly twenty four seven three sixty five. Sometimes you need a year before you can get back in the holiday spirit. So they they're doing they do they give away the good stuff on TV way too much, and it hurts the pay per view. I can understand if like your next pay per view was in fucking October, but you literally had this show on May fifth. And your pay-per-view is May 30th. So there's no logical excuse for why you wouldn't put this on a pay-per-view when it's an epic finale to a, a feud that was actually very exciting and is gonna and life-changing. So, like I said, I love the match itself, but outside of those other things, I still enjoyed it. Like it was it, it was good for TV and it got them the high rating. But now you got to keep that high rating, and that's not easy for them to do, because they they'll hit a million, but then go back to the seven eight hundred thousand range. That's still pretty high, though. Not saying it isn't. I'm just saying that they fluctuate a lot, and but it's it's something to see which they could do. I yeah, know, I get it. I mean, it's tough. TNT's only going to tolerate the fluctuating for so long. At some point, they're going to want they're going to want that consistent growth. And I don't know, man, because like I mean, like they were. I mean, I guess in the negotiation when they got the TV on um, the TV deal for what, five years, six years, it was just supposed to stay over five hundred. So anything over that is a, is a game. Really? Yeah. That wasn't the contract. Yeah. Wow, they must not have had a lot of faith. They just wanted five hundred thousand plus, and then like the the thing is like the AW is cheaper to run than a professional hockey or basketball because like you got so many different elements on it. Wrestling is cheap. I mean, this one is really cheaply done. I mean, I hate to say it, but it is because they were just given a chance, and with the budget they have, it doesn't cost TNT or even TK to get the show on it. So them drawing as much as they do, I mean, they're like okay. 
500,000 is going to be the mark. Now, I'm pretty sure when it comes to negotiating, like renegotiating, let's say they want more money or whatever, they can sit there and go, okay, well, you hit 500, you've been hitting your marks. Um, I want to keep it about 700. I think TK is smart enough to know what he can pull off, what he can't. I don't think he's like over his britches where he's going to say like, well, I know for sure we can hit 800 each time. That's You can't. It fluctuates. Um, so 500 is like the mark. So if they hit over 500,000 then they're solid. So anything they do past that is a gain. So if they hit 550, it's a gain. If they hit 600, it's a gain. 700, it's a gain. 800. So they're supposed to do 500 and they're hitting a million? Yeah, that's good, man. That's a lot of eyes on a product. All the commercials are pumping out. So that means that whatever top-notch commercials, so the people who are looking for that key de- the, the key demo, again, the key demo is number one. They were number one in their key demo last week or for this show. That means advertisers are going to be looking and keeping their eyes on a show that's super cheap to make and are getting a million views on it. That's why the key demo is so important. Okay, well... So where, they where had an you, over... Yeah. Where did you read that it said they needed 500000 I think it's the contract when it first came on there. Okay, because I got to... All right, I got to figure that out because I know the... I know their contract. Their the contract is up till two is twenty twenty three is when their co- t- contract expires. So they were added through there through twenty twenty three. But I don't remember anything being read saying they had that five hundred thousand was what they were supposed to hit. I'm not yeah, saying you're wrong. I'm like saying I can't TK see first, it. I'll find it. I'll post it. Sure. So you guys have the deals on there. But I think TK said it. And I, I think TK is the one who brought it up. He was like, yeah, the, the mark that they, they struck a deal with was for 500000 Okay. All right. Because, I mean, if that's the case, then all right. Then I guess they're hitting what they got to hit. Yeah. But at some point, he's going to have – at some point, like, the he's got he's to take the pay-per-views a little bit more seriously because that's every, – every wrestling promotion will tell you that's where the money is. That's where most wrestling companies make the majority of their income – Minus WWE, ever since the Peacock deal, they, they found a way to run that. But usually in wrestling, the pay-per-views is where you make most of your income. comes from the pay-per-views. That's why you build everything to that. You get people to watch the pay-per-views just as much, if not more, than the TV. Because the TV helps you with the exposure. The pay-per-view is where that's when the big bucks start rolling in. When everybody's ordering your pay-per-view is you got must-see action. And, you know, that's that's why I, I get annoyed when I see, you know, like blood and guts or a dog collar match or all this other stuff. And I'm like, you have it on free TV. And I'm like, for Christ's sakes, build to a pay-per-view. Make, you can make some money. Like, I mean, money, I know money's not the end-all, be-all. Trust me, I preach that a lot. But the more money you can rank in, the more you can not only keep your company going, but also give a lot more to some talent who might deserve a pay raise. But you can't give it to them because the money's not there because everything's getting, being given. All the good shit is being given away for free. So not a lot of people want to watch the pay-per-view. I get it. No, I, I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I know how business sense works, but. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So like I said, I but notice that I'm that's those are the only things I'm talking about. I have not. Sh- I have not even shit on this match. It was fucking amazing. Like they like I said, they did the war games exactly how it should be done. It was tailor made. I think it was success. The whole night was a good night. I mean, there's not really a bad segment on there. The whole match. Yeah, and uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, will, of course, uh, wrap up this uh, recap of AEW here. Um, 
as always, Elvis, I appreciate you taking time uh, out your busy schedule to join me here, and I'm uh, glad we're able to have these discussions. And uh, hopefully next week, uh, you and Desmond can uh, get back on the same page. Well, I hear you, man. Cage, page, and uh, <laughs> roads. I guess you. Yeah. But uh, of course, it's that time. You know what that means, right? Uh, no, 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 wait. This is AEW, dude. Uh, that's for the next segment. You know what that means? It's time for your AEW rankings. Oh shit! Sorry. In May. It's time. I'm a dumbass. You I, know I, what time I, it is. You said it, not me. No, <laughs> awesome. I thought you were doing. Um, I thought you were. Gonna, I, I, I'm so not used to doing AEW with Elvis. I thought he was going to be Mystic Elvis. I'm like, dude, that's not this segment. But no, we nope, have the rankings. It's not. We have the rankings. We got your AEW rankings for May 5th, 2021. Before I was really interrupted by Mr. Vinny Bucci, who has no idea what's going on on the show. <laughs> I love it. Um, obviously, your men's world champion, the mega champion, one and only Kenny Omega. Um, holding the impact triple a and aw championships your current tt uh your current tnt champion is darby allen nine and oh number one contender obviously we have uh as of right now uh orange cassidy number two we have Pac. number three we have john moxley number four we have uh brian cage and number five we have adam page 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 all right um obviously in your women's rankings you got the world heavyweight champion hikaru shida a number one contender is Dr. Britt Baker. Number two, you have Thunder Rosa. Three, you have Ty Conte. Number four, you have Nala Rose. And number five, we had Red Velvet. And last but not least, you got your tag team champions, the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson. Number one contenders, SCU and Christopher Daniels and uh, Frankie Kazarian. Number two, you got Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Luchasaurus. Varsity Blondes are number three, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. They claimed at number four, uh, Anthony Bowens and Matt Caster. And last but not least, FTR, number five, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. And that is your ratings, your rankings for AEW on May 5th, 2021. There you go, folks. Yep. Cinco, your ratings for just another week. Yep. Cinco de Mayo. So anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys are following us here on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on all four, or if you have a favorite, follow us on your favorites. You can check out the show every week. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content for you guys to check out. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos to check out there. And, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got some great stuff up there, ladies and gentlemen. We just recently added over the weekend. Uh, we have the WrestleMania Night One watch party is officially up there, so you can check out all the craziness that went down uh, during Night One while we were all hanging out. And of course, the D and D one shot from WrestleMania is officially up on the YouTube channel, so you can check out. Uh, our D&D one-shot, and, of course, the debut appearance of Beef Wellington. Ladies and gentlemen. Yay. So you can check out all the craziness on the YouTube channel. So hit the subscribe button, ring that bell, be notified, so you know when more content will be coming. Uh, and, of course, we're going to be bringing back uh, Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring. We're going to have the uh, Brian Pillman stories up there very soon, as well as uh, the next upcoming episodes. We'll be getting into those as well. Uh, so make sure you guys check us out on YouTube. Also, follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. 
that way you'll find out when we do our live watch parties, our live D&D shows, and a bunch of other content that we got planned for that. You guys will be able to check out all the fun and excitement. Follow us on Twitch when we stream live. And, of course, support the show through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash theboochcast. We have great rewards for great patrons. For as little as $1 a month, just $1 a month, you can help us keep the show going, uh, help us, you know, upgrade the equipment, keep the lights on, uh, bring in some big name guests. Also helps me take care of all the guys that work hard behind the scenes of this show to get this content out for you guys. So if you think my co-hosts do a great job, they deserve to be paid for their work. Patreon is how you make that happen. So make sure you guys check that out. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. Good luck. Take care of yourselves. And uh, yeah, see you guys next week. Peace out. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.